You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this Christmas Eve Eve episode of Big Drive Energy, we're going to discuss the PNC Championship or Challenge and Tiger Woods and Charlie, of course, in the spotlight for that. Going to discuss the Masters releasing some information on whether or not live players will be allowed to play this coming April. And we're going to do a Christmas edition of Fairway or Four. And this is all brought to you guys by our presenting sponsor, the guys over at Pins and Aces. They're the best. Uh, they, they came out with a ton of Christmas stuff this year. New stuff, uh, the liquor stick. We used that at the tailgate last weekend. We were drowning people with liquor. Uh, we had to refill it twice. That's how many. That's how many liquor sticks we went through. It's a lot and of everybody, shots. Yeah, and everybody that I showed it to was just in awe. I was like, "Yeah, dude, this is like what we do. This is this is a golf course thing." Uh, and they also have those really cool hats that I really wish I had the last couple of days. Where those Elmer Fudd style hats with like the ear flaps. Exactly that. What a what an idea! Like you can make a golf hat. Anybody can make a golf hat, but then they added the ones with the the flaps for your ears. And like I said uh, yesterday, my ears about froze off just cleaning my truck off, as well as my nose hairs. So it uh, it was really would have been really helpful to have one of those. But I I do have the pins and aces hoodies. You guys can get fifteen percent off pinsandaces.com using promo code BDE. So make sure you're using that. Uh, I know Christmas is kind of here, but uh, there's always gifts for yourself for the new year. You maybe you got some uh, Christmas cash from from your family. Go ahead and use that at pinsandaces.com. Use the promo code BDE, and that'll save you 15% off and get you free shipping. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Somebody screamed mashed potatoes? That was mashed. It's a frigid Friday here in the Mile High City. And, dude, these last couple of days, like, they've been unreal. Like, what is this shit? 
Yeah, I really did not believe that the forecast was actually a real thing because I watched the storm roll in Wednesday night and I opened my back door and it really <laughs> my my actual back door in my house. Um, and it yeah, really did your other back door is always open. Yeah, it just depends on who's trying to walk through it. Uh, <laughs> um, but the back door of my house, I, I cracked it open. And I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then I woke up in the middle of the night. And for some reason, I just wanted to know, like, what the temperature was. It says, like, negative 15. I'm like, what the fuck? And so then I walk outside the next morning. And instantly, my nose hairs froze inside of my nose. Um, and I mean, you and I do have some gaping nostrils, so I could see how cold air could definitely get in there and freeze our nose hairs, but I went out and shoveled for a little bit. My beard hairs were like frozen. My mustache is frozen. Uh, just a total, total fucking nightmare outside. Just in general, I didn't really want to leave the house yesterday, but I, started getting a little stir crazy. So I was like, oh, I got to get out and get some groceries and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's my one go-to place is the grocery store. Like if you've seen me before, you know, I'm, I'm a food and I are pretty good friends. So that's, if I need somewhere to go, that's where I usually end up heading is the grocery store to grab some shit. So I made some brownies last night. Holy fuck. I've had a stomach ache. I I've only eaten like a couple, I would say. Um, but it, it's just fucked up my stomach. Like I've been baking like crazy. I know that sounds stupid, but I just been like making cookies and brownies and shit, trying to get in the holiday spirit, trying to get in the Christmas spirit. And that's how I, I that's the best way I know. So I've just been baking up a storm, going to go play some poker tonight. Hopefully when, when a little Skrilla, when a little cashola, I doubt I will. Um, but we'll see. The, the one thing you guys, if you've ever hung out with Mitchell, um, his, he's like pretty, pretty calm dude. I mean, I know how to get him riled up. Not a lot of other people do. They can't get him that riled up, but this guy, when he plays fucking poker is a complete lunatic and he doesn't, he doesn't even have to be drinking. Like it, all it takes is like a, like an A plus hand to beat his like a minus hand that he goes all the way to the end with. And it's a fucking borderline table flip and ruining everybody's night can you can like, you touch on that remember that dane cook uh clip about playing monopoly with his grandma and he's like where'd you get those fake 20s grandma fucking flips the monopoly board <laughs> yeah that i definitely drinking definitely i i like you said i'm never really an angry dude no matter what but when somebody especially when somebody chases me down if you know poker at all and I don't even know that much poker but when I am clearly best hand still in and somebody rides it out chases me down I keep raising they keep calling and I end up losing the hand like that sends me into a fucking tailspin I just and I know cards are such a game of luck but that's the toughest thing is like I I feel whenever I do something normally I like to know what I'm doing and be like good at it, relatively speaking. But with poker, I feel like, and it, you know, it, it, it obviously is gambling for a reason, but I feel like I can play a hand pretty well and still lose it. 
And that's what pisses me off is like, I don't know if I played that, if I should have done something different or if I played it, what I played it correctly and just lost the hand, you know what I mean? So I just get super fucking frustrated with, with poker, especially when you look at somebody's face and they don't have like a good poker face at all. And they're like looking over at you like, yeah, I just fucked you out of that hand. Like, I just want to come across the table and fucking strangle them. Like, oh yeah, that. So yes, you are correct. Poker is one of the few spots where it just lights something inside of me that I can't explain. And I don't really have that gear out. Like even in golf, I, I really don't have that anger factor um, in other things, but it's just something that fucking gets under my skin. I can't handle it. So. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny to watch being his brother and, being the one, I think one time it was actually me that. Ended yeah, up it was like three or and... four years ago. You fucking chased me out of a hand, chased me down and beat me in a hand. And I was so pissed. You know, I was sitting next to you and I just wanted to. Oh, what was this four years ago? Four or five years ago, I blacked out um, after the after I got knocked out of the poker game. To be fair, I think how many how many years have we done it? Two or three or no, I'm sorry. I think it's five like or six. It would be year six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the tradition was with everybody at Spring Valley's, uh, since the only, even though none of us work there anymore, uh, the tradition would be to play a Christmas Eve Eve poker game because the only two days we were all guaranteed off every year was Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, now it really is just a tradition that we like to keep up because we like to ha- uh, have a good time and bullshit with old friends and all that. Um, but yeah, so this will be about the, I think I want to say the sixth year and one year, Spencer, you were, were you a part of this where I blacked, I, well, somebody gave me a gummy. I ate a gummy after I had a lot to drink and I passed out on the couch, like right next to the poker game. And they stacked like 20 pizza boxes on top of me. <laughs> were you there for it, that? Yo, hundred percent. I think I still have the photo somewhere to be honest. Oh, fucking keep that away. I don't need to see that shit, but yeah, the gummy. Uh, see, and I've never been a big proponent of mixing alcohol and weed. Like if I'm somewhat drunk and I smoke or take an edible, uh, it's game over. It's it's the spins. I'm all cross fadered out and fucking can't see straight. And then I, I either throw up or I pass out and fall asleep. So that year I passed out, fell asleep, ended up under a stack of trash. <laughs> A stack of a big garbage bin under a stack of trash. Yeah, after the fucking absolute dog shit I put out there on the poker table, then I wake up under a giant stack of trash. Yeah, we uh, we uh, speaking to the fact of like mixing weed and alcohol, that's that's like that's like if I had a power cord, that's unplugging me is essentially what that's doing. If I if I do that, like it's it's a full on, you know, me uh, me on weed is already like jumbling my jumbling all my cords together and just like not not sure what you're gonna get and then when you if i drink and then smoke yeah it's 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 lights out yeah i don't understand people that can function on a normal basis they they're like half drunk and they're like you want to smoke a joint i'm like absolutely not and i i would say in terms of drinking i can you know, I can keep up with just about anybody. And so everyone looks at me like I'm lightweight because I can't smoke and drink at the same time. And I'm like, I'm no fucking lightweight. I just don't know what sort of, yeah, what sort of 
fucking off switch that weed hits in my brain, but it, it just goes straight downhill within 10 to 15 minutes. Like it's not a, it's not a slow downhill spiral. It's just fucking dropping out of the sky for me. So it's uh, something I definitely try to stay away from. And everybody makes that like that. I, I want to say I've only done that a few times in my life where I'm kind of drunk and somebody offers me an edible and I take it. But I'd like to think I've learned my lesson and I, I really just don't like smoking weed. I really don't. I just don't like getting high. I don't know. It's just a personal thing for me. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's, it's basically, um, you know, it's basically a sleep scenario for me. Like I don't, I never smoke weed and think that I'm going to be, I I basically tell people if I start smoking weed or I ingest it internally, however, uh, the, the next, you know, 12 hours or until the sun rises again, you're, you're really not able to expect anything from me. So. Yeah, exactly. Like people that smoke and function or just blows my mind. I, oh, yeah. and I, I guess if you do anything long enough and you're persistent enough with it, you'll get better at it. Um, but I don't really feel like I have that in me to really try that hard to get better at being functional high. Cause it's just not something that really piques my interest so exactly well how how has the rest of your week been how's the you know the leading up to christmas week i will say this year it sucks because christmas is on a saturday sunday so it's like nfl is like playing most of their games on saturday i'm gonna go to the nuggets game on sunday christmas night those are always just the most fun um because uh, it's just i don't know it's just one of those things where it's like a tradition that you know the nba christmas and the nba are like synonymous for each other to me um and like we always used to beg when the nuggets were like coming up like hey let's get a christmas game let's get a christmas game and then i believe it was like two three years ago we finally got one and we lost to the then bad like new orleans pelicans they're good now but and yeah now, you like, you i just have to make this clear you broke uh a clear pact that we had made um because we kind of stuck our necks out to go like going anywhere the night of Christmas is just kind of not for me. Um, I prefer to spend <laughs> on the couch in my food coma watching whatever TV programming is on. And I understand there's like a come down Christmas night, which sucks. And it, you kind of get all sad, like their Christmas has come and gone for another year. Um, so I do, I do get that, but I just don't prefer to really go out and do anything. So like going out to the Nuggets game is a pretty big stretch. And Spencer convinced us as a family to go to the Nuggets Pelicans game. Like he said, two years ago. And I said, if they lose this game, we are never going to another Christmas night Nuggets game ever again. And he totally fully agreed. And we got shit stomped. We looked terrible. And in the national spotlight in front of everybody, we just got dragged and so Spencer and I made that agreement and here he is just slutting off to the fucking Nuggets game Christmas night because he's such a attention whore that he needs to go to watch the Nuggets play on national TV and say that he was there for it. It's at 830, bro. You're not going to leave until 11 p.m. on Christmas night. Yeah, it's, it, it's one of those things, dude. It's a tradition. Like if the Broncos were playing here on Christmas, it's like every year it's your tradition I, that we did once and it failed horribly so you just no no no, no not the our, nba our is a whole 
Correct. It's an NBA tradition, and there's only five teams that there's only ten teams that get Christmas Day games. That means you're an up, upper echelon team, first of all. Or well, yeah, we're Knicks. first in the West right now. Or you're the New York Knicks. So either way, but yeah, it's the like, Knicks, it's the like Lakers, the and eight other good teams. Um, no, I, I, well, I, I kind of I just talked like, over you for that whole thing. I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, it's kind of a usual podcast scenario, but um, the. Uh, the, just the fact that it's here and you never know when it's going to be back here. Just, I want to go like, it, it, it is kind of fun to change it up every once in a while. Like you have, you have all these holiday traditions, you know, the Thanksgivings and the Christmas and, and all that stuff. And, and as, as shitty as it is to change it, once you have changed it or do something different, you're kind of like, Oh, that was fun. You know, but the come down from the end of Christmas and that end of that game, uh, God forbid they lose. Let's not even talk about that. I was going to say, Monday. imagine you walking out of there when the Nuggets lose by 28. Monday, I'm no call, no showing work. So, <laughs> for the record. Yeah, this whole not having a job currently thing is pretty fucking cool. Um, this is like kind of my job. Like, I actually look forward to seeing Spencer's ugly ass mug now because um, it just gives me a couple hours of something to do in the on a random weekday afternoon. But uh, it's definitely. I'm like, oh, what do I have tomorrow? I'm like the Grinch, 8 p.m. self-loathing. <laughs> like fucking, I forget that whole list, but that's pretty much what I do every day uh, for the last few weeks. It's been fucking enjoyable. I'm not going to lie. Um, a little boring, but we'll start traveling here in January and February and it'll it'll pick up a little bit. But just honestly, like the last few days, even though the weather has completely sucked, it's really helped me get into the... Uh, christmas spirit a little bit like it's just been fucking like freeze your ass off cold outside but there's almost something about like that really cold crispy air that i love inhaling and like it just it kind of smells a little different it just hits differently for me uh so i really do enjoy um getting out in that cold cold air and just inhaling and exhaling like as many times as i can really soaking it up I'm just a big vibes guy, just riding the wave, riding the Christmas wave currently. Yeah, that's so fun. Because funny because we're you know we have all these things that are pretty opposite on. Like when I walk outside and I can hear my goddamn feet crunching, like it sounds like a bag of chips. I'm immediately out on whatever scenarios outside, and I'm right back inside. But I've been moving this week, and dude, I am like you can see me. Luckily for this podcast, it isn't always a video scenario but i'm broken i like i'm a like very ocd type a personality where like when i move into a new house i generally like everything to be done in a day ideally and uh, everything like to be cleaned up and they're not, like everywhere i turn there's more boxes there's more things to hang like my office is pretty pretty set my man cave which is phenomenal is, is i got papa shop back in my life i got a dartboard uh, still waiting on the second TV to get here, but I'm going to have to hang that. But like, I don't like, like living in a scenario where nothing's put away. And so yeah, like an unsettled situation. Exactly. And then, but then I'm so overwhelmed by all the little things to do that. I feel like I do two things and there's six, six more that I shouldn't, should be doing. And I just kind of want to like give up and just lay on the couch. So when you say do two things, do you mean like go to a, a Nuggets game and then a Broncos game or an Avs game? Is it? <laughs> no, that, that was before the move, brother. I'm oh. saying like hang up like 
okay, I, I hung up the vacuum. Cool. Did that. Like then I, I mean, the first know. thing we hung when you got there was your two framed jerseys. So we know where your priorities lie. That's for sure. And the TV yeah. upstairs. I, I was brought to Spencer's new place under false pretenses I was told that we were just going to go get lunch. It was Spencer's birthday. I get there and we we have to hang a TV. So that's, I guess, all I'm good for is just I'm a fucking pack mule. Yeah, you're just you're just an assistance. But I we hired movers this time and I will never move somewhere without hiring movers again. Like that is the these these guys were so funny. They were fucking they uh they got everything in here great we didn't know if this couch was going to fit in this office downstairs area is a little tight but uh movers are the best next time like we didn't we don't have to be out of our other place for a while so that part that kind of slowed our our um, want to if you will to get the entire place done like there's still plenty of stuff at the condo and or the apartment and now we also don't have hot water so we're gonna have to shower there um this evening but the the fact that like we didn't have to have everything out made it like made it easier. But now that we're in the new house, there's just so many little trips that we have to take. It's kind of a pain in the dick, but that's, that's my story. I'm kind of broken right now. Yeah. You you do look, you do look a little broken. I hate to say it, but (laughs) I still love you anyways, Pally. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about a little uh, little golf, what we got going on here. So PNC Championship, um, Tiger and Charlie got, uh, I believe, T4. And what's so funny about this, and, and it's just the Tiger effect, and it's it's like that with, like, do you know who won the, won the event? Oh, oh, who, was it the Langers? No, that, that's my point, though. That, that's why. Yeah, yeah, this. no, I mean. Nobody really gives a fuck who wins that thing. It was VJ Singh and his son. Oh yes, yes, yes. It was V. I knew it was an older guy and his his kid because I saw a few jokes being cracked about um, VJ Singh like telling his kid to go hit a thousand golf balls after the round. Um, a quick few stories about VJ Singh for those of you who don't know. He, uh, I mean, it's been pretty well documented throughout his career that he is like the grinders grinder. Like he, he initiated and started the grind um, like hitting just thousands of golf balls at a time, fucking uh, being out till dark first guy there in the morning, yada, yada, yada. But actually he had a caddy. I think I want to say it was the late 1900s or late 1900s, late nineties, early two thousands. Not inaccurate though. What late, late 1900s? Late, yeah, yeah, I know. It just sounds really weird to to use that. I'm like, start, it's, I'm gonna start telling people I was born in the late 1900s. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it just sounds like you're way fucking older than you actually are. Um, but VJ actually had a caddy quit on him because Christmas morning he called his caddy and said, "Meet me at the driving range," and. Basically, the caddy told him to fuck off. I'm, I don't know if it was in those terms or not, but uh, that's a little Christmas story for you. Just VJ wanted to go out and beat balls all morning on Christmas morning. Like that dude doesn't know a holiday. And especially when you get that deer antler spray in you, you can fucking go for years on that shit. So um, I was, do you remember that whole controversy, Spencer? I do not, actually. This is where he was person. using deer antler. 
Oh yes, that part of it. I didn't. I thought you were talking about. The oh no, story. not about the caddy. But isn't deer antler like a growth hormone? Isn't it like a steroid? I I think it's it, it's definitely outlawed. Um, yeah, in, it's just so weird that like people were crushing up deer antlers. Are you googling this? Yeah, it, it's a. This is really good podcasting here. Yeah, help recover and build muscle with deer antler spray from Bucked Up. And Bucked Up's like that company that I actually, I actually, their their uh, their shit was pretty solid. Were you were using it for low T or what? <laughs> no, to just get my get my blood flowing in the morning so I could work out. I cannot work out with without uh, some sort of pre workout in my system, but. Deer velvet covers the growing bone and cartilage that becomes deer antlers. It's sometimes used as medicine in Western countries. Deer velvet contains multiple substances, including the female sex hormones, estrone and estradiol. It also contains substances that may help grow cells and function. People use deer velvet for athletic performance, high blood pressure, increasing sexual desire, asthma, and many other conditions. There's no good scientific evidence to support any of these uses. I was going to say, I think it was kind of debunked as bullshit, but when VJ brought onto the scene, everyone's like, well, VJ's doing it. It's got to be illegal because that dude will cut any corner in order to be able to practice for another couple hours a day because he's just a fucking psychopath. Um, I will say, though, Spencer, you're somewhat similar to VJ because uh, he was he was kind of the first dude ever. I feel like that would use like eight different putting grips in one round of golf, eight different renditions of a putting grip in one round of golf. And I've seen Spencer just randomly go left hand low out of nowhere, randomly go claw. Like, um, didn't you mess around with putting left-handed at some point? Like you, you, you've fucking searched and searched and searched. It's like, it's like searching for the, for Bigfoot. Like you're never going to find it, but you you keep looking. <laughs> Yeah, th- there's definitely some truth to that. I my left-handed putting, so I'm superstitious when it comes to golf. And Not just a little stitious. You're superstitious. No, I'm fully stitious. Okay. And and uh, so I started putting left-handed when we actually went to Iowa and we were kids and played golf. Well, probably not kids. I think we were in high school or something. And we didn't bring our clubs or anything. We were just playing the American golf niner, like literally just the purest golf of all time. Like not, and not in the, like the form of basically it was a, an Iowa farm that they cut some, like, it'd be like something that if you were a rancher and you wanted to, you liked golf, you made your own golf course that it with the greens being a little better than that. It was, that was just like pure golf as pure as golf as it gets though. Just, just one with nature. You just felt like you're out in the middle of a cornfield golfing. Exactly. And, and the clubs that I was borrowing had the, the putt, putt left and left hand, right hand duo putter. And I was like, you know, my putting is trash. Like, why don't I just flip it right hand, left handed. And I started putting. Okay. The crazy thing about it for me is, is I actually think from about five to 10 feet, I would make more putts left-handed than right-handed. And ironically, I'm not good at inside of five feet either, but I feel way less confident. I don't, there's gotta be some sort of term for that where like, I, I know it's wrong for me to be putting left-handed, but 
even if I make a few, like, I feel like your body just like knows that it's, it's not the way you're supposed to do it. So no matter how good you are, unless I was making everything, I wouldn't be able to talk myself into doing it full time. But yeah, I do I, think I get that. And I think, I think the, I think the overall idea behind it is that you can see like I'm right eye dominant. So I think the part, part of it is the fact that my right eye is now looking down the whole line of the putt and my peripherals versus my left eye. Now, most, I think most right-handed people are, are right eye dominant. I, I, you can check the, check the facts on that, but I'm I actually think right I'm left eye dominant. Really? This is, this is good podcasting here. So if you put your, put this up in front of you, look with both eyes, close your left eye and then close your right eye. You'll be able to see the same, the same thing with your, with one eye closed. Yeah. It's my, you can eye. see with both eyes. So your left eye dominant. So see, yeah. maybe that's, I give it the old Keegan Bradley, like the, the, the old fake hard wink. Like I'm like, I'm trying to be sneaky about something, but I'm not. Yeah. But th- and... that's where it came. It came from, and the stroke is probably the same. My stroke's not great either, either lefty or righty or backwards or whatever. But I, I did actually feel pretty comfortable with it, and I made some putts. But I feel like if I was in a tournament that mattered, and I had a three-footer to win a tournament on the last hole, and I'm step up there left-handed, I would just be, like, terrified. I'd be yeah. terrified right-handed, too, but I feel like I would at least be giving myself a good chance, even if I practiced and whatnot. See, but that's the beauty of golf is, like, the worst thing you can do is miss. You know what I mean? That I wouldn't call that beauty. Like, and you can rehash it in your mind over and over. Like if you missed it left-handed, you'd probably like murder yourself. That's a little extreme, but you, you beat yourself up for, for forever. You know, if it was a putt that really actually mattered. So I think, yeah, giving yourself like, you feel like you can put like, hole after hole give yourself the best chance of making it right-handed versus left-handed which makes sense but I actually I played a junior event with this one kid that was right-handed putted lefty but he putted left hand low so or right hand low yeah so So he he right-handed grip but he putted left-handed correct exactly it was the weirdest fucking thing I'd ever seen um and who knows where the kid's at now, but I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's quite the right strategy. I've literally, I don't think anybody on tour has ever put it like hit the ball right-handed and putted left-handed. I don't even think VJ's gotten to that point. So um, anywho, that's not really a surprise. I bet VJ's kid's like 30 because VJ's at least in his mid fifties now, but um, I bet even if VJ's kid practices one tenth as much as VJ, he's probably pretty fucking good. So congratulations to them. Really, the the one bone I had to pick with Charlie Woods is he's 13 years old and he's already taking after his dad, like being Devin Booker soft, fucking Luka Doncic soft. He fucking like turned his ankle. Who knows what he did? But he like fake turned his ankle. He hits a bad shot and like immediately like stops and like looks at his ankle and like acts like he's hurt. I'm like, dude, you've been watching your dad golf way too much because you're full of shit. You're 13. You should be made of like fucking sour patch kids and like gummy straws. You you should be gumby bendy at, at the age of 13. Like I think I was even flexible 
when I was 13. So don't tell me you fucked up your ankle. Um, you're not even, you don't even have fully developed bones yet. So I, I was kind of out on that. I'm like, Oh my God, we got to watch this kid limp around like his dad. You know, I, I just wasn't a huge fan of that. And Charlie did hit some very good shots, but honestly, and maybe we're just taking it overboard. I mean, like everybody else has, but his form overall, I mean, he does have a very good swing and I guess he's still only 13, but even that, that wedge shot that we tweeted where he hit it, um, it didn't look like that great of form. I mean, he did hit it to like six inches, but he's like very flat footed. Some of his weight kind of hanging back on his trail foot. So he's definitely got some things to iron out. Like he doesn't look like um, he's just immediately ready to go like went on tour five years from now, you know what I mean? But what, yeah, what did I you think, think of what you saw? I think overall, like he's got a pretty sound swing and I, I, we were text, texting back and forth. There's a video of like Tiger Woods, just like super squatting, like legs wide open, trying to get the best angle of his sun swing from the back. And it's just incredible to think like having a kid you know because i'm gonna be there in x amount of months but just the the thought of like a guy that cherished that loved that you know uh idolized by millions and millions of golfers individuals just people in general the fact that like his son literally has him like in the palm of his hand is is it's just crazy like i don't know why it's crazy to me um to think about but like the the fact that he um that's like winning that's like winning the unborn child lottery like your dad's tiger woods that's about as good as it fucking gets and i'm sure it's come with a lot of scrutiny and shit but yeah like you naturally as as a kid or when you have a kid you you naturally just think the sun shines out of their asshole um like (laughs) we were even at the crafts table um, with Dom the other night uh, up in Blackhawk. And what did he say? He's talking about something about it. Like, he's like, oh, you don't care. I'm like, yeah, same with your the stories about your kids. Like, I, nobody gives a fuck except for you. And, and he's like, oh, you're right. And that's the thing is, like, your kids are your whole world. And I, I mean, it is very cool to see Tiger being, like, a dad and really caring and taking interest in Charlie. Um, and his, just his golf game and everything. Um, but tell me if this is a hot take Spencer. Uh, so obviously Tiger Woods is a top two golfer of all time. Um, not two. I was, <laughs> was going to say top two, not one. Um, but if I was Tiger, I honestly think I would be sending Charlie to a swing coach. Instead of instead of trying to and hear me out real quick. For Tiger being as good as he's been and obviously being all time otherworldly good, I really don't think Tiger knows that much technically about the golf swing. And see, see, that's where I actually kind of think not that I'm not saying you're wrong because we don't really know, but I do think that he is he's been so good for so long and had so many swing coaches that I think at that point you kind of have to know like what you're doing and what you're talking about now teaching and playing are very different things 
So he's played at the highest level of any golfer of any of ever will again. Yeah. In the early 2000s run. Do I think he's the best coach for Charlie? Probably not. But like it's 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 still even with, with uh, a gr- the greatest swing coach in the world that couldn't break. Excuse me. Couldn't break 90. It's a do as I say, not as I do. Like Tiger, like Tiger's sun swing is nothing like his from a yeah. technological, like a, a tech technical standpoint. So I think that he's teaching him the right things, even though he doesn't necessarily do the right things. All that doesn't matter when you get the ball in the hole better than anybody else you win. But I think from a standpoint of Charlie being 13 years old and getting taught the game, I, I think there's not there obviously isn't any better person to learn it from swing mechanics wise there probably is but i feel like it's it's just he's still at an age where it's like when you're 13 and your dad's literally the greatest athlete on the history of the planet like you you kind of just default to him but you never know i mean maybe you want to somebody that helped tiger out in the later day like his old coaches are really old now obviously um but maybe he goes to that but i i do think charlie's not like the kid that's golfing his ball right now so well because he's Tiger Woods son like he's got a you 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 take his last name off and you just watch that kid swing at 13 years old you're like okay like he's doing it correctly he he's not he doesn't have a and who knows you know John Daly and his kid his kid swings a lot like him now the guy won a major so I'm not sitting here saying he's not a good golfer like John Daly's you know one of very few professional golfers to ever win a major when the U.S. Open but the overall like you see well, he won a pga and a, a, a british open oh british open my bad yep so um fact fact checker but <laughs> the yeah just like the fact that like you can see his swing is like all right somebody's gonna try to kind of you know mess with that and that's how he but that's how his dad swings so that's how he swings and then you look at tiger and charlie and you're like oh charlie's swing is just extremely technologically sound yeah, I think yeah, I think the craziest thing year from last year to this year, and it, you know, it got blown up, but you know, we're going to talk about it because that's what we do. Is just the the sheer growth of the kid. Like, I mean, good God, he went from a ch- a little cute child to like this is a cute story to like, holy shit, this guy looks like a fucking man. Yeah, he's no, 13. he's he's become like a full adult in like a year. Um, he grew more in one year than I probably grew ever in my life he's probably already taller than me and he's 13 um but yes from from the that's what i meant and there's probably not a better guy on the planet to learn the game of golf like strategy and shot making and um you know thought process and mental strength there there's not a better dude on the planet to learn golf from than tiger in that aspect but like you said i'm talking a mechanical aspect just from golf swing like does does tiger know all the all the inside outs like a a teacher does because like you said tiger made a great living being one of the best golfers ever and playing golf not teaching it so i more meant like when tiger's talking to him about positions and things like that because like you said their swings look nothing alike so i'm just curious if tiger Cause I'm going to be honest. I don't teach my swing. Like my swing isn't, te- is technically flawed. Um, and obviously I'm nowhere near tiger, but there it, it's a do as I say, not as I do thing. So I'm just curious if like tiger doesn't swing it exactly how he wanted to, it's just gotten him this far, but now he's teaching 
Charlie how to swing it like Tiger, like he had always like wanted to swing it. Because if we're being honest, and it was talked about on the broadcast, but Charlie's swing looks a lot more like Rory's. There's a lot more uh, hand depth, which increases rotation, and like that for the long run is going to create a much more consistent ball striker just from a pivot standpoint. And it's also going to create a lot more accurate of a driver of the golf ball. Cause like I've said, and I, I've said it quite a bit, but tiger for being a, one of the best of all time did not drive the ball particularly well throughout his career. So I think Charlie, if he continues on this trajectory and really wants to get there, I think his swing is actually more built to stand the test of time than Tiger's is. Yeah. And that's like thinking about that is a scary thought like that. Oh, for sure. And it just goes to show you what we've learned about the golf swing in the last 20, I mean, 10, 15, 20 years compared to when Tiger learned it. Cause back when Tiger learned it, it was like, there was no track, man. There was no this, that, you know, there, there was no biomechanical studies, um, like there's literally guys that make a living studying physics for golf now, like, and how forces work on the, the handle and, you know, this and that and pushing and pulling. And like, it's fucking insane that this was, this is just such a new development in the last 20, 25 years that the game of golf and the way it's taught has completely changed. So, uh, we can be done on going down that rabbit hole, but I, I find it very interesting that like, I'd like to hear if Tiger's actually teaching him the mechanics of the golf swing, or he's more teaching him how to golf and leaving the mechanics to somebody else. It is an interesting debate and interesting thought, because like you said, he's it. I do think a lot of golf is a do as I say, not as I do type of scenario. So For I sure. think that's where we're, t- and hopefully the kid, hopefully Charlie learns that in more aspects than on just the golf course, because yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of issues going on there. Um, All right. Before we get into uh, what, what the masters has updated us with, which is some exciting news. um, We know what time of the year it is. Yes. It's Christmas time, but it's full swing in all the sports, NBA, NFL, NHL, they're all right in full swing, and you can get into the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook. The time of year, everybody's excited about the gifts and the holiday spirit, but there's always NBA basketball. When I throw down NBA action, it's always on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Hit myself a nice little same-game parlay last week on the Broncos game. was super stoked about that. Never thought Latavius Murray was going to score a touchdown after watching the first half, but then we exploded. I hit my same game parlay uh, with the four-legger, which I also got a boost on. And DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All new customers just have to bet $5 on a pregame money line bet on the NBA to win their game and get $150 in free bets if you do. You can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlays. Make sure you flip that same game thing over to on and you can get get after it. Like I love same game parlays. I sit in my seat at ball arena, every nuggets game and craft one up right before tip off, usually a little faded. Uh, and it makes it, it, the more I, more I drink, the more legs I usually add to my parlay when I'm smart about it, it's usually a four to fiver. Um, but when you add a ton, you can get boosts as well. So I always get it boosted. I've missed a couple of nuggets ones by like one leg. The last couple of games, Jamal Murray's kind of 
put me in a blender. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Get in on all the holiday hoops action. Sign up with the promo code DNVR. Place a $5 money bet line bet on any NBA team to win, and you get $150 in free bets if they do. That's only a DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply, and see, see our show notes for details. Um, also want to tell you guys about our great friends over at Game Time. They are the best place to get tickets. We always get tickets on Game Time. Um, abs, it's great to wait till the last minute. You can get in, get into Ball Arena for cheap. They are not, not, uh, not cheap anymore overall on tickets because of you know Stanley Cup champions. It's usually not that way. But if you wait until last minute, show up to Ball Arena. You can get yourself some tickets on the Game Time. They get delivered right to your phone. And I've bought tickets in line before. So you wait in the line, you scan them, you get in, you're good to go. So make sure you check out the Game Time app. You click the link in our show notes and you'll be able to get into game shows, concerts, all that as well um, for super discounted pricing compared to what you see if you log on to an official ticketing app and, you know, Ticketmaster or whatever. So make sure you're checking out Game Time. It's the best app for tickets by, by far. All right, man. So a little master's action. Um, they, they made the news this week in announcing that Liv is going to be allowed to play in the masters. And I'm going to read this quote here. Um, I don't normally not, we're not normally big quote guys, but kind of gives you the all encompassing, excuse me, point the, uh, the statement from the masters chairman, uh, Fred Ridley. And it's always in that cool master's paper, you know, like they don't do anything to, I wonder if the social media manager for the master's like is a year round job either way, pretty cool. But statement regarding the 2023, 2023 master's tournament. And I quote here from its inception in 1934, the purpose of the master's tournament has been to benefit the game of golf. Each April, the master's assembles the world's leading golfers to compete for the green jacket in a place in history provides a stage for fans to experience dramatic moments of competition at the highest level and promotes the sport domestically and abroad throughout the years legends of the game have competed and won at augusta national golf club players like gene sarazen byron nelson ben hogan sam sneed arnold palmer gary player tom watson jack nicholas and tiger woods have become heroes of golfer two golfers of all ages they have inspired some to follow in their footsteps and so many others to play and enjoy the game. They have supported thus, supported and thus all who benefit from it. They have shown respect to those who became before them and blazed a trail for future generations. Golf is a better golf is better because of them. Regrettably, recent actions have divided men's professional golf by diminishing the virtues of the game and meaningless leg- meaningful legacies of those who built it. Although we are disappointed in these developments, our focus is to honor the tradition of bringing together a preeminent field of golfers this coming April. Therefore, as invitations are sent out this week, we will invite those eligible under our current criteria to compete in the 2023 Masters Tournament. As we have said in the past, we look at every aspect of the tournament each year, and any modifications or changes to invitation criteria for future tournaments will be announced in April. We have reached a semifinal point. A seminal point in the history of our sport at Augusta National, we have faith that golf, which has overcome many changes throughout the years, will will endure again. Big word salad there. Um, Boiling it down, live players can play. But I do think, what's your perception on if the Masters does this and how other other majors will follow because this is the preeminent major like this is this is the the one that everybody wants to win that everybody wants to play in that everyone wants to be invited to so how do you think this affects other majors and pga tour golf moving forward 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of comes back to world ranking points um, for other majors, at least. But I I wholeheartedly agree with what the Masters are is doing here. I mean, the goal is to get the best field, you know, in the world to participate in the best tournament of the world, and that's the Masters. So, you know, you don't want to leave guys out like Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and um, you know, there's, there's what I think there's 16 players that qualified that are currently on live under the um, masters qualifying rules. Um, Taylor Gooch, uh, he, he's never played in a Ryder cup, but he said that live tour event in Portland is just as good. So I can only imagine what he would compare the masters to on the live tour. Um, no, nah, I just, I'm fucking around. I just had to make that joke. Cause that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. Um, but I, I do agree with what they're doing here. And, uh, I mean, the masters always kind of has a way of being like, oh, we're better than everybody. Um, they, even the way they word shit is so like, oh, we think we're the best and we know we're the best, blah, blah, blah. So that kind of annoys me a little bit, but Augusta national is pretty, pretty, uh, fucking, I don't even know the word for it. Prestigious, I guess the best word for it. So if the the masters feels like they can allow live players to play in it, then I don't see a reason why the, the U S open and the British and stuff can't follow. But a lot of that falls under world ranking points. Um, So a lot of these guys are not going to qualify, even if they are able to qualify because the live tour still doesn't have world ranking points. So eventually these live guys will because uh one of the exemptions that cam smith and a few of the other guys are getting into the masters is um, being a major champion within the last five years so i think there's like six guys that fall into that category including dj patrick reed and bubba and a few others um but ultimately that will weed out you know if it's strictly off world ranking points and these guys completely run out of world ranking points, then they're hosed. So I, there, there has to be a better way to figure out how to go about this. And it comes down to giving, not giving live world ranking points, but somehow making them eligible uh, to earn world ranking points so they can still participate in the majors. Cause ultimately golf is better for having these guys in the majors than not having them in the majors. Yeah, you the the key line there for me was we want to bring together the best. What was the exact line? Um, bringing together a preeminent field of golfers this coming April, like it just waters down when you when even some of the PGA Tour events like get shit talked by certain people in the in the in and around the golf world that are like, oh that that event didn't have you know five of the top ten. I mean, Rom said it himself about world ranking points from the dp world tour it goes kind of all back hand in hand where it's like oh these guys weren't even in this tournament but they were in this tournament so how did how come it's so important like i think the masters ultimately just they want to continue to be the best tournament around and their name is so heralded just as the masters tournament like you you can know nothing about golf but i guarantee you've watched the masters or heard of the masters and that's how good it is mm-hmm. and they don't so they can do kind of whatever they want you know it's almost like the NFL is just like such a powerful sports figure, you know, company, whatever you want to call it, that they can kind of do whatever they want. They don't have to follow the rules of, of other things, you know, and, and 
kind of figure out they they're kind of the trailblazer for that. So I, I think that it could push other tournaments to be like, well, the Masters is doing it. Like, and and then again, there, there's other tournaments that are trying to make a name for themselves essentially, or or be as on that level, which I don't think it'll ever happen. But th- then they have to like decide whether or not allowing you know quote unquote live players or whoever it is to play in their events is is going to be detrimental to their event or not but but basically just get the best players you can man like yeah get, get the the best field the most fun the biggest names the players that put people want to watch and you have your event like that's just how it goes i and i think too that stirring up a little controversy uh between the live and the pga two are kind of creating somewhat of a rivalry i think is fun like i wonder if sports books are going to be able to put out like a a bet on whether the combined lit, like, you know, you take like 10 live players and 10 PGA tour players, that would be, you know, bet on the live tour, bet on the PGA tour to finish higher collectively in the masters or any major. Um, I think it's like kind of interesting. Like a country type of bet. Like, yeah, exactly. The, like the you're betting on a tour. Player. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's a lot of different ways but ultimately golf needs to capitalize on what's going on right now. Cause golf has never been in the headlines more than they have this last year, like national non-golf headlines, you know, just sports headlines um, maybe since tiger back in the early two thousands. So uh, they, they really got to capitalize, get more eyes on it. Um, and like you said, best players should get in. Um, and it, Dude, imagine if they did like a Masters Monday qualifier. Like, how fucking sick would that be? Just it maybe it's at like Palmetto Country Club, or there's a few country clubs like right around there that are really good that almost feel like a diet Augusta National. Um, but talk about great television, like to get into the Masters. They take like three players out of a field of 84 and throw the live guys in there. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Like I, if they don't qualify on merit, you know, just open up the qualifying and the best players get in. So I, I think that would be fucking cool. That would be a, a that'd be a great, you could televise that event. Like, Oh, 100%. Would... And just take all the highest world ranking golfers that are not, well, there it goes back to fucking, there it goes back to world ranking points. Um, I was going to say, I just hatched the idea, like take all the highest, ranked golfers in the world that are not currently in the masters and get them in. So I really don't know, like you could create like a whole series just to ultimately qualify for the masters. Like that's like a master's tour to fucking in the ultimate, you know, the, the top three finishers on the tour get into the actual masters tournament. That that's, I mean, there's a lot of roads you could go down here. So I, I don't know. I think that's, that'd be pretty fucking cool almost like a big break style masters big break for the masters like you have two weeks up until it or or the start of each calendar year you go like that'd be wild yeah exactly i mean there's so many ideas um that there's so many different ways you could roll with it but ultimately it just if golf can get out of its own way and not have to be super super traditional about everything um i think it would make the game just a lot more exciting for everybody for players for people watching on tv so it's like let's fucking do it why not let's fucking send her bud 
All right, before we finish this episode up, we're going to get into a little Christmas edition of Fairway or Four. So how this works, we're going to give each other a Fairway or Four. We're going to describe it, you know, think if we think it's Fairway, like if it's normal or, or it's legit or Four, if it's like, no, dude, that's whack. And then we also put it out on Twitter. Make sure you're following us on twi- on the Twitter at Big Drive Energy. Uh, Mitchell, you want to give us, you want to get us started? Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting right here next to my beautiful Christmas tree. And with all this newfound time on my hands, I was able to wrap everybody's gifts. Well, it's just my girlfriend, you, Kylie and mom. And I actually haven't wrapped anything for mom because we just kind of buy her whatever, whenever. Um, but anywho, I was wrapping these gifts and I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm pretty fucking good at wrapping gifts. Like they all look very on point. I bought bows, the whole bit. Like I don't pull any punches uh, when it comes to Christmas, but there's a few here that are in bags because in their Christmas bags, they have, you know, uh, the stuffing paper in them. Um, They're just not shaped in a way that I can put them in a box. Well, I could put them in a box, but I don't have boxes to, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't wrap them just in the, what they came in. Um, so ultimately my fair four is, is putting some Christmas presents in a bag versus wrapping them lazy. Do you think using uh, bags for I, I Christmas are, so. is lazy? No bags for Christmas are fine. Uh, I, I am horrible at wrapping, wrapping gifts. And what's funny is every time I go to wrap one, like I, I wrapped some for you and some for Kylie the other day. And like, I literally, every time I'm like, oh, this one's going to be different. I'm going to get this tight. I'm going to get <laughs> taped right. And then by the time I'm done, it looks like doo-doo again. So it's, it's just kind of me. Uh, I put everything in a bag if I could and miss me with the wrapping paper, but it's so much more fun to open it when it's wrapped. You exactly. Know, just a wrapped gift is just so clean. Um, but you know, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm no, it's not late. Spencer's just, dying over here. It's just the way it goes. So, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, as long as you wrap some, I don't think it's a cop out, but, uh, I, if you put everything in a bag, I think that's lazy. Cause I do feel a little lazy because you can find a box that'll fit pretty much anything. I just didn't want to go out and find boxes and then wrap those boxes. And I do think a good mixture of presents to like bags under the Christmas tree looks good. Like if they're all just wrapped, like I like the diversity. I like, I like the mixture. Yeah, I feel you. So mine's kind of along those same lines. We got a tree last year for our first, like my first real adult tree and it's pre-lit, which is amazing, but is, is a pre-lit is a pre-lit box tree lame? Like, do you have to have, like, is the ultimate Christmas tree a fully decorated, fully lit yourself tree that you went and cut down from a, from a place or, or is it, is it like, Hey, that, that tree looks clean. That's fine. See, well, so I have a pre-lit and I mean, these fucking trees are getting out of hand. Like I spent $400, I think on this pre-lit, like, and it's, it's a really nice tree. Don't get me wrong, but it's fucking outrageous what they're charging for fake trees. Um, I think that uh, it is kind of a cop-out like, and I, I, I do think when you become a dad and like you, you do have a little kid that, that love for Christmas kind of comes back to you. 
And I think that you will definitely get a real tree at least a few of the years when you have a child. Cause that there is nothing like the smell of like a fresh Christmas tree in your house, even though it inevitably like burns up no matter how much you water it. And it's a fire hazard and could possibly just burn your house down at any given second with the hot ass lights you have on it. There's still nothing better than the smell of like a traditional Christmas tree and like sweeping up the pine needles. It, it just is real Christmas to me. So I do think a pre-lit fake tree is, is lame. Um, but it doesn't mean I don't do it. Cause I, I've never, I don't really see the point um, when it's just me to go out and buy myself a Christmas tree and fully decorate it. It's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. And that's why, I mean, it's a little bit of a cop out, but fake pre-lit trees where it's at doesn't mean it's not lazy. All right. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, Do you feel like at some point you're going to get a real tree when you have child? I want to have a real tree. Like I want to want to go cut down a tree and put it in my house, but I'm already so like lazy with the most, like most of the things I do for Christmas that I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I, who knows? It might change, but. I would just come over and just sit by your Christmas tree and just sniff it. Just fucking huff Christmas tree sap. That's my jam. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get going for the weekend. Everybody have a Merry Christmas and a happy holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas. Um, we'll be back next week for our last episode of 2023. We'll think of something interesting to uh throw it or last episode of 2022 excuse me i'm already i'm getting way i know i've already been writing like 2023 like i already think it's here yeah it's 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 almost here end of another year um follow us on all the socials at big drive energy big drive energy pod on the instagram you guys have a great holiday have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next week peace peace